Aloha, party people. You are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 178. This episode is sponsored by the Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club, where their monthly t-shirt designs pay tribute to a Polynesian bar or restaurant from days long past. Each design is available for a limited time and will never be produced again. For the collectors out there, be sure to check out their subscription program, where they offer a discounted 3, 6, or 12-month plan, or you can always buy shirts one at a time. For more information and to check out this month's shirt, visit tikibartshirtclub.com. Today we chat with Christian Diaz. You might know him better as Skipper Christian, bartender at Trader Sam's Enchanted Tiki Bar, located at the Disneyland Hotel in Anaheim, California. On this episode, Christian chats about his start at a Brazilian restaurant in Fresno, his background in culinary school, and his journey to Trader Sam's. We also chat about his new YouTube project, Adventures with Alchemy, and what's in store for future episodes. As always, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider helping us with your support during this challenging time. Stop by DesertOasisRoom.com to check out our merch or leave us a tip. We've got tiki mugs, t-shirts, and pendants available right now. And any purchase or donation, no matter the size, is totally appreciated and helps keep this podcast coming to you every week. All righty, join us inside the Desert Oasis Room for a couple of cocktails with our friend Skipper Christian. Nothing. I'm just geeking out on your stuff over here, man. <laughs> such right. a cool bar, bro. You've done <laughs> such a good job. Thanks. Seriously. I'm an amateur bartender. I've never worked in the industry. And yet you still have a nicer and bar so, than most uh, people. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. And so uh, I, I I may have some holes there that need to be filled. but uh, um, Nah, man. I mean, literally it, everything. And that's the thing is that. Everything, people fail to see, professionals particularly, fail to, to recognize that in the end, it boils down to what you personally like. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, like, and I don't mean the bartender, I mean the customer, the person, the enthusiast, the, the you know, like, just because I feel a certain way about something, that does, it should not affect the way you feel about something and what you love and what feels good to you. That's a great, that's a great piece of advice there. You know? Are you warm? Do you want a fan on or anything? I'm fine, but I see you're sweating a little bit. But you've been uh, no, that's because I've been moving around. So uh, the reason why I ask is I have a fan right above you. Okay, you want me to turn it on for you? It's only it's up to you if you want it. I'm fine. All right, so we'll leave it off just so that our microphones don't pick it up. So thanks for being on the podcast. Dude, thanks for having me. I appreciate Thank it. You. It's Look at this setup, dude. I, I love your your kit here. Oh yeah. yeah. What, now, what Keep are these things. little bottles here? These are. This is Angostura bitters. This is orange bitters. Okay. And then the dropper is absinthe. Oh, absinthe. Mm-hmm. Where did you get the absinthe? Uh, actually, a friend gave me a bottle of absinthe as a gift. Okay. Uh, my buddy Sean. You know Sean? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Um, 
I can't. Sean Earson. Sorry, I'm, yeah, Earson. I'm like, Earson. I'm sorry, yeah, Sean. Yeah. I can't think. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, because uh, I don't know what the rules are around. Well, so it's legal. Okay? It is, and, and there's okay. a. We could have a nice long conversation about the why why people think that that um, um, absinthe is. The absinthe is scary or illegal or any of that. There's a, there's a, a big, big misconception. But it was illegal at one point, it right? It was, and it was, it was a basically a hardcore smear campaign that happened against absinthe. None of it was true. Uh, we're talking about like a reefer madness type, right? You know, thing. yeah, yeah. Um, what, and, and for our listeners that don't know, let's give them a quick education on that. Yeah, that the. Reason why marijuana was illegal for so many decades was not because it was bad for you. That's right. But because big tobacco saw it as a threat to their business and they wanted to create a monopoly. So they lobbied to have it become illegal and they hired different health experts and doctors to basically espouse all the negative things That's about right. it. And, scare tactics. Yeah, scare tactics and people bought it. Absolutely. You know? And to this day, to this day, it's still. Something that there, it's surrounded with a stigma that right. you know people are still known as potheads. There's a full generation still around that yeah, will, and yeah. he, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the reefer madness campaign came probably could, could have been um, influenced by because the absent thing happened probably about 50, 60 years prior. Oh. So what uh, what happened was a disease called phylloxera started attacking the wine vineyards of France and decimating. Yeah, yeah. The wine vineyards of France, and that affected two different industries: wine and brandy, yeah. which also affected cognac. So let's say three industries. Uh, France was hurting in that, in the end, because those were huge, huge industries for yeah. them. So along comes absinthe. Somebody figures out absinthe somehow, and it's uh, it's popular, it's strong, it's delicious. People really enjoy it, and it starts to become a threat to the wine and brandy industry. There you go. So boom! Suddenly, this smear campaign comes out. People now think that it's making you hallucinate and go crazy and doing all these things. But the reality was, if you were buying any alcohol off the street rather than from a from a purveyor in those times, you you're, you're poisoning yourself. You don't know where that was coming from sure. or if yeah. it was done right. Yeah, yeah. So, a lot of the bars today that are named the Blind Donkey, the Blind Pig, the Blind Rabbit, the reason why they're named those things is. After the moonshine industry, That's right. when people were making their moonshine, they were making basically, like you said, it yeah. could be a poison and it could make you blind. Absolutely. So the blind pig, the blind donkey, the blind rabbit, those are odes to animals that maybe stumbled upon some kind of a backyard still. That's right. And didn't make those cuts right. Right. And we're drinking <laughs> right. ethanol or, or, or um, that's what's, what comes with ethanol when you make it. Um, Anyway, it's that it's that's what deteriorates the ocular nerve and right, right. by vision. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Ah, uh, fun stuff. History. I love it. Good stuff. Good I find stuff. This stuff fascinating. Yeah, you know. So inside the desert oasis room, uh, this is our first amazing. guest inside the desert oasis room since the beginning of the pandemic. Thank mm. you for joining, Christian. Thank you for having me. This is this awesome. is also going to be the first time I drank alcohol since March. <laughs> so. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I put a little bit of food in my stomach before you came. Good. And what we like to do here at Inside the Desert Oasis Room is have a cocktail while we record our podcast. That so sounds good to me. Let's start with this first one. What are, what are we doing? What are you going to make for us? I'm going to start off with kind of like a little dessert type thing. It's oh, a, nice. It's like a coconut caipirinha. 
In fact, that's actually exactly what it is as a coconut caipirinha. I'm going to take some fresh lime juice here, about an ounce of it. And I like how you pronounce it because I think I'm saying it wrong. Caipirinha? I always say caparina. Oh, that's caparina. the most common way. Well, caparina. I, uh, I worked in a Brazilian restaurant for six and a half years and with a bunch of Brazilians. And that's actually where I got my start as a bartender. And so caipirinhas, mojitos, and... All those things, bachidas, I was making those every single day. I was the barback, so all the cutting of limes and juicing and simple syrups and stuff, that was that was all me. I had a, I was, I got taught and trained by someone else, but okay. um, yeah, once Georgie had me trained, I was doing all that stuff for him, and he was the sexy Brazilian bartender, and I was an <laughs> underling, you know what I mean? And I was grateful to be there. I was just like, yeah. Of course, of course. That guy got a lot of... A lot of girls, you got a lot of a lot of attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah, you're 21 years it. old, you I know, get it. That's all you think about at 20 years, 21 years old as a bartender. You're not thinking about the craft yet. So, where did this happen? Where were you doing this? Say what? Where were you doing this? Where were you bar bar backing? This was in at? Fresno. Okay. Yeah, Fresno, California, at a place called Samba Brazilian Steakhouse. Samba Brazilian. Yeah. Okay. It's no longer around, unfortunately, but it had a good seven, eight. You know, I had a good ten year run. Yeah. I was there for about seven of them, and then I left for the last three. Okay. That's when I moved here to the Southern California. And when you went to Trader Sam's, were you a tiki person? Not yet. I love how you measured it all, and then you just said, I was it. like, you know what? It's, just, it's right. just for two of us. Let's just, why are we playing around? It's like a carton of milk. Why are you going to leave right. a little bit? You know, just, just do it. You know, hey, you know what? You know what happens in this house? The cart, an empty carton of milk gets left in the refrigerator. <sighs> That's the worst. It's like the one time you want your Frosted Flakes. And we always, for some reason, fill the bowl before getting the milk. Right, right, exactly. I don't know why. Right? And then you get to the milk and but it's, it's just infuriating. Bad. It's not bad if you don't have milk in there. Right. What's bad is like you get maybe three ounces of milk pour out. That's and then the you worst. still have a, a bowl full of dry Frosted Flakes, but the bottom half is soggy. So you can't take the, the cereal... And dump it back in the box for right. later. Like, why? Just just why? Oh, boy. Did I forget coconut cream? Do you have any coconut cream, any chance? Uh, I don't think I do. Okay, that's take all a, right. Take a look at there. Then we're doing regular caipirinhas. Yay! So I can... Well, it's a little bit late. I have coconut milk that we can make something with. Nah, nah we're fine. We're good. Because so, I, I, sometimes I'll make my own coconut cream, by I'll take... A, Coconut milk and and uh, evaporated milk. This, the, or I should say condensed condensed condensed, condensed milk yeah. or evaporated because they're condensed both, condensed milk. And, both are delicious. Uh, yes, yeah. What do you need? I need a straw just so I can taste test this. Um, I have straws right behind you there. Ah, uh, the big ones are above above you too. Uh, right behind the red ones. Aha! There you go. I know. First time you're in someone else's bar, you don't know where anything is, right? You have to. Yeah, that's just a dump bucket. You can just dump everything right in here? there. Yeah, because I don't have a sink. So when I, whenever I need to dump anything, I just dump it in that trash can, and then I empty it out at the end of our session. Last so thing is ice. I have ice in here. Boom. And there's a scooper in there. There's a scooper in the bucket right in front of your... Ooh. Yeah. This is one of the coolest bars I have ever bartended in, and it's not so, a professional bar, but it is pretty professional by, these, by my standards. stuff out of the way. You and can, you, you might need to like chop it a little bit, but that's all right. Chop it and chop it. We take I got it Sonic in. Ice yesterday because you know Sonic is known for their nice yeah. nugget ice. But when you freeze it, 
it doesn't freeze the way that it comes when you buy it, right? It's perfectly nuggetized when you buy it. But when you freeze it, it freezes. It has a tendency to freeze into a block. I so. like that word, nuggetized. Nuggetized. All right. So we joke around uh, the bartender. The glasses are right behind you. About how we're all going to be dying our first week back to work. <laughs> uh, right. There's those, and then there's Shorts. some below there. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I have um, my tie glasses or double rocks glasses in there, as well as uh, this yeah. will work. There you go. Yeah, seriously, because you're out of practice, right? Well, yeah. When have you, you been making drinks at home? I have, but oh, it's that a little, smells. It's a little, that smells amazing. Oh, thank you. It's uh, it's a little different from making thousands of cocktails in a day. Sure, sure. Versus versus just a few. <laughs> sure. Um, so yeah, it's plus. I, I exaggerate. Sometimes it's thousands, mostly hundreds. You know, hundreds of drinks with the shows well, there, included. There can be thousands, right? Um, that wouldn't be unheard of. I mean, Disney, I, the Trader Sam's gets really busy. It's probably the busiest bar in the whole property, right? Oh, by far, we're one of the busiest, if not, I think we used to be in the top three busiest tiki bars in the country. Um, I don't know where we stand today, but. Four years ago, we were number two to three dots in a dash, and that's a... That's you a, need a strainer also. I've got strainers down there. Oh, we're good. We want to All right. this. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, to be mentioned in the same breath as them, that's a huge honor. We love those guys. Yeah. So, yeah, no, we're busy. We're busy. And then, of course, you add the show element to it, you know, that just adds a, a whole other element of crazy. Right. And do you have a cutting board? Uh, I do on the side there. Up against the wall, inside the bar. Inside the bar? Inside the bar, against against the wall. And then there should be a knife in there. Yeah, I see that. I'm just going to move these two over here. And there should be a knife in there, too. Thank you, sir. bucket. So well prepared. Thanks. The the knife might need sharpening. (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. So I went to my uh, mother-in-law's last week, and all her knives were dull. I mean, dull. Yeah. So I brought her my knife sharpener, and I sharpened all her knives for her. So I, ha- I have this sharpener that's got these, like, little pieces of metal in there, like crisscrossed, mm-hmm. and you just run the blade over yeah, it. But I think I want to get one of those honing sticks, you know, the, the, honing, sticks are great. the honing rod or whatever Do you know how you to use those it. really well? Um, I used to, because growing up, we had one in our kitchen. And, uh, it's like shaving I haven't paper. Used, yeah, okay. You know? I haven't used it since then. There you go. All right. Caipirinha de Brazil. The national drink of Brazil. Very nice. Very nice. Where would you like me to put the limes and stuff? You know what? I just leave. If you want, you can just grab a, a glass or something okay. down there and just throw them in there. There we go. Oh, hit the floor. Sorry. No, no, no. I just want to make sure I do the right thing. This is not my bar. You can do whatever you I'm want to guess. do. Or you wanna... can throw them away if you want. Oh, doesn't matter to me. Something. You can reuse it. All right. Let's do a toast. Yeah, Cheers, cheers. Cheers. All right. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Some place is amazing. Oh, that's really Mmm. So good. What's the spirit in that? That's cachaça. 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 Tell me We're, about cachaça. I'm not familiar with cachaça. It's essentially Brazilian agricole. Um, it's made the same way as agricole. It is. You take the, uh, the um, sugarcane juice instead of turning it into molasses. They ferment the juice, 
Okay. And then uh, they extract the alcohol and put it into barrels, usually depending on... Now, see, in Brazil, they use usually French oak barrels, but today they're using all kinds of barrels. They're experimenting uh, okay, with I have uh, whiskey a, barrels and everything. I have a dumb question. And again, like, excuse... No, no questions are dumb. Excuse the stupidity. Yeah, I have lots of dumb questions. So <laughs> Don't be afraid. Please. I may not have the answers, though. I can't promise you. I, I know. What, what's the difference between... French oak barrels and American oak barrels. Well, it, it the wow, that's a really good question. Um, my experience would be one comes from France, one right. comes from the United I was States. Say, is that is the, my dumb question? I have a dumb answer. It's, is it's, that, it's, is it's, that? It's, but it's not that dumb because when you think about it, it boils down to when you think about wine, for example, we think about terroir, right? We think yeah, about the yeah. land, the surroundings, the variables of the land, the weather. The the um, the altitude, all those things. Now, yeah. I can imagine that terroir has just a profound effect on a tree as it would on a vine. So my guess is French oak versus American oak has to be different because of the terroir, okay. because of the land, right. because of the different variables of where it's growing. So, you know, just like a, a wine vineyard, you know, the terroir is what's going to make the difference of, you know, everything. So everything. the theory is that it's... It's it's in the vine that creates the wood for the barrel. The the wood, yeah, the tree itself. Yeah, yeah. So if you're if you have a an oak tree that's growing in say you know in the United States versus an oak tree that's growing in Alsace, France, you know it will. There's going to be a difference in the in the two in the two the two woods. At least that's just my sure. I, no, and you know. and that that makes sense. But the, before anybody gives me shit about it. If I ask what's the difference between American toast and French toast, right? American right. toast is dry and it is basically burned or <laughs> I was going to say toasted, but basically burned so that it goes from becoming a soft to a hard. soft, yeah, to a crunchy texture. Right. And French toast is dipped in eggs right. and fried on a pan. That's so, right. Okay. So, um, but look at look at French cooking in general. Like French cooking in general is is a lot of butter, is a lot of butter and a lot of butter and a lot of <laughs> and then some it's, eggs. It's butter with a little bit of butter and topped with butter. With butter. That's right. right. Yeah. That's what we learned in, at school, you know. So, let me ask you. How did you find your way to Trader Sam's? Um, by accident. Uh, so, I did I started bartending uh, back when I was 21 years old in Fresno. Started as a bar back, moved up to bartender, did bartender for a long time. Eventually, the guy left. I became the bar manager. Um, the owner of that restaurant ended up buying a club. So I got some experience working in a club as well. Um, all that time, as a young buck, I was also going to school and studying business administration at City College. Luckily, the city, my, my school was right next to the club, so I could, I could hop back and forth. Sure. I, could, I could even do my homework at work. Um, so during that time period, I uh, was kind of thinking about what's next. So um, discussing it with my, at the time, fiance, she was like, well, we, we were kind of getting sick of living here in Central California. There's not, yeah. it, the thing was that I felt like somebody who wanted to grow. I wanted to do things that were on a higher level, things that were more creative as far as food and drinks were concerned. And I was getting looked at like, like a like a jerk like I was being treated like somebody who was unnecessarily working too hard and making others work too hard and I I really did not like that feeling I, I wanted to work with people that felt the same way that were nerdy that cared that you know that and I'm not saying they didn't care I'm just saying that it was uh that passion wasn't around me 
Does Fresno have, I mean, I have a, a couple of friends that I went to college with from Victorville. Mm. And Victorville is this out of the way desert town on the way to Vegas. Right. Does Fresno have the same kind of culture as maybe like a lot of the kids there kind of just... It's an agricultural college city. They just kind of float through life. There's the ones that want to get out. Right. Because they feel like, I'm not going to get anywhere living in this town. So you have those. And then, because the, like me, because I was in a certain industry, that yeah. it, it only gets so far in Fresno. You know, you're not going to find Michelin star restaurants there, at least sure. yet. Yeah. You know, hopefully one day. Uh, but it's, let's say you want to work in agriculture. Let's say you want to work in wine. Let's say you want to work in... In that field, then Fresno is the place for you. That's where you want to go. And that's how I ended up there was my dad. He was an agriculturalist. So uh, he actually worked in wine. I ended up in the restaurant industry. I fell in love with the restaurant industry at a young age. And uh, I knew then and then at 16 years old that that's what I wanted to do, that I wanted to own my own place. And uh, that's still, now it's a distillery with a restaurant. The the, the dream has grown a little bit, but it's uh, it's still the same. The passion is still there. The love is still there. And uh, I wanted to grow and be around like-minded people. So I I moved to Southern California and I I finished my associates in, in business in Fresno, came to L.A., I uh, lived in Pasadena, and while I was there, I attended Le Cordon Bleu and got a... Oh, du- did you really? Yeah. I went to culinary. I figured I'd spend all this time in the front of the house. Why not learn the back? So, uh, And I had done time as a prep cook and things like that, but never any serious, like, on-the-line cooking. So, wait a second. You went to culinary school for cooking? For cooking. So, that could be well-rounded. Oh, okay. I, I just want okay. to be well-rounded. I, I've experienced things in the restaurant industry where I've seen chefs and the talent of the house kind of hold their talent hostage like and as an owner you cannot allow those things yeah, you, you have yeah. to I think as an owner you have to be able to play every position in the house I completely agree with you and understand it well so I completely agree with you so I uh, I've always wanted to be that kind of person yeah I'd be like oh if you want to quit or if you yeah. think that you know better get out of here I'm the one who designed the menu so you know yeah, yeah. things like that so I just I, I went to school learned the ins and outs of cooking gained a deeper appreciation for ingredients and uh, just everything in general that elevated my my thinking to another degree. I worked with people I never thought I would work with. I got to do events that I never thought I would do. Um, it was an amazing experience. So, as somebody who went to culinary school, do you approach creating cocktails the same way you approached creating dishes? Yes. Um, it's actually. And what is that? How, how do you do that? I drive myself crazy. <laughs> so the reason why I ask is, you know, I reiterate to people that I'm I am not somebody who comes from a bartending background. I'm a home bartender, and I've learned a few things here and there from my friends that are real bartenders that work in bars, that have written books, that kind of thing, and I create my cocktails by using a few different. I call them cheats. Formulas, hacks, hacks. Yeah, um, the golden ratio. Um, That's right. A, a, you know, like a daiquiri formula. Like That's if right. I took a daiquiri, one of sour, two of sweet, three yeah, of strong, yeah. four of weak. Yeah. yeah, like a punch, uh, a, a cheat or formula. Right. And I just plug in the variables. But then I will see drinks from guys that are the real deal, and they don't fit those formulas. Right. I'll look at the recipes because I, I look at a recipe and I break it down and I think. Oh, they're using this formula. Right. Or, oh, they're using right. this quote unquote blueprint. cheat or blueprint right. or hack or whatever or you want to call it. But sometimes I look at a recipe and I'll think, oh, this is like its own thing. Where did this come Where from? Where did this come from? And right. how did they come up with these ratios? Right. So maybe you can 
Walk me through that. How how do you? Is that something that experimentation? You okay. have to play those, and nights, that's just probably experience too, right? Right, right. And that's something that I I press new and young bartenders and barbacks all the time. Taste everything. Taste everything. Everything you see in the bar. Taste it. Taste it. Taste it. Taste it. Because all that gets logged in your brain. All of it. And the more you do it, the more you reinforce those synapses. So the the best thing to do is because when it comes down to it, when it comes down to creating something. The best thing you can do is not overthink it, is trust yourself, is trust what comes naturally to you. You know, I, a lot of people can, and, and don't get me wrong, it's not easy to take a recipe and follow it. I've seen people mess up sure. recipes right in front of them. Sure. So to take a recipe that's complicated and make it happen is not an easy thing, and it requires you to be good at what you do. And, and, and two people doing the same recipe are not going to come up with the right. same drink. That's right. So the the idea is... To if you're creating something and you want to create something new, is trust what you already have inside. And so, uh, when it comes to cooking, when it comes to bartending, the same thing. If I'm creating something new, I start with what I already know. So, uh, for example, I was, I have a lot of base now in tiki. I have a lot of base now in South American cocktails. So I'll take an infusion of the two and I'll play around. I'm like, oh, that tastes pretty good. Now let's try some of this. And then, oh, you know, and so. Um, I start with step one, which is I call the bones. I'll make a cocktail and then say, okay, I like it or I don't like it. And then I'll split it into three and start adding in little things here and there. And each one taking notes and seeing what I like and seeing what I don't Mm -hmm. like. And I do that when I collaborate with other bartenders as well. We sit there and we play until we find something that is different. Something that you can taste all the ingredients. It fits. It blends together. And sometimes, I mean, you got to make a lot of crappy stuff before you make a good one sometimes, sure. you know, like, you, and you have to be um, willing to accept failure. I think that's something that people are afraid of, you know, and um, I think, uh, I know I'm going to sound really corny here, but Will Smith is somebody who says, has some motivational videos that are fantastic. He has great motivational videos. I love his videos. videos. And you wouldn't think. Right. Coming from Will Smith, right? Right. He says stuff that like. Anthony Robbins kind of right. stuff. Right. And one of his know? things that I follow is he says, seek failure. Seek failure. That's where you get your lessons from. Absolutely right. You know, I everything I've done to, to this point, uh, I have effed up a lot of stuff. I don't know if sure. I can say fuck up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can. You can. We're <laughs> I, adults. I, I've yeah. made a lot of crappy dishes. I've made a lot of crappy drinks. And I've every once in a while, I make a good one. And those are the ones I keep. You know? And so yeah, if yeah. you've tried something of mine that was mine and you thought it was amazing... There was probably 10 things behind it that were terrible. Sure, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it just takes time. And I've been doing this now for over 20 years. So, you know, the book of recipes has grown. You just have to also make sure you write things down and take pictures and log everything. So I assume you're doing that then? More now than ever. Okay. More now than ever. How often do you come up with your own drinks? Um, well, I'd say... I try to push myself to come up with something new once a month. Okay. Uh, during work time, when things are in action. Probably all the time. Yeah. Because it's it's like a sport. Yeah. You're constantly surrounded by greatness. You're surrounded by talented bartenders like Melissa and Ramon and Kelly and, and these guys and Bernardo. And, and so you got to keep up, man. You, you know, yeah. I love those guys. And I want to push those guys to be great. Sure. And they're going to push me to be great. So if I see Melissa come up with an amazing cocktail, then... I'm like, well, then that's going to inspire me to come up with an amazing cocktail, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what I love. That's what I wanted to be around when I came here. Yeah. yeah. You know? And you're you're probably catering to a lot of people who come in and don't know what they want. Right. But they know what they like and don't like. Right. And so you say, okay, let me put something together for you. Right. 
And so you have to come up with something on the fly. I tell yeah. people all the time, people already know what they like. People already know what their destination is. They just don't know how to get there. Sure. They may not know what that destination is, but they kind of have an idea of what they want. It's up to us to figure that out. We don't want to, I don't want to press a drink on you just because I like it. Like, I want to figure out, you say, all I need is for you to say one or two words. Well, and not too sweet, by the way, is not the words I'm looking for. Every drink, you don't want any drink to be too sweet. Uh, and, and the fact that you ask questions right. is the sign of an experienced bartender because a lot of times they'll just recommend to you something that's easy to make, right. something that's already on the menu. They don't want to think out of the box, but... When they start saying, well, do you like something more sweet or more tart? Do you like something that's more spirit forward? When they start asking you these questions, right. you know that they want to serve you something that you're going to enjoy, not something that's just easy for them to get you off their back. I want them to try exactly what they want, but I want it to be something that they've never had before anywhere else. Yeah. Like I... Because I, I, I notice these things when I... You know, I sit in a lot of bars. <laughs> I and, and I notice these things with the bartenders right. that that I sit in front of and there are reasons why I go to certain bars more than others right you know right so it's about who wants to create an experience and who is just there to nine to five and get out and, yeah. and you know what I respect I, I, I have no lack of respect for a bartender who just wants to pump out drinks and beers and get out of there that's all good as long as you work hard and you do your job and you're efficient I got respect for you, you and know? I get that too and and I completely agree with right. you because now, you know there's there's a balance right not everybody has to be a craft bartender. I just happen to love what I do. I'm very passionate. And I love that you say that. You know. Because I think that in this world that we live in with craft cocktails and elevated spirits, people forget that there's a place for that. Right. Right? I mean, you might do a side gig and work a wedding where nobody knows the difference. That's right, where you're doing World of Warcraft cocktails. Right, You have to be able to adapt to right. what, what your your audience Play to wants. your crowd. Right. Yeah, so, um, you know, and I I used to get a lot of shit with Tandawai Rum. So Tandawai Rum was a, was a sponsor of the podcast. And breaking news, they're not a sponsor anymore. <laughs> and um, most people don't know that because I, I just never felt the need to announce that. Right. But, uh, and this is what I'm saying now. You know, I took a lot of shit for Tandawai Rum. Tandawai Rum is not a, it's just not an elevated spirit. You're still supporting your creativity and your but, show. But Tandawai Rum, yeah, they supported me in a way that no one ever else would. That's right. And, and they were a very good sponsor to me. The only reason why we're not connected anymore is they haven't been distilling since the beginning of March because of the mm. pandemic. Dang. And they've been bleeding profusely, Ugh. right? The, the bar and restaurant industry we're hurting. is hurting really bad. Nobody is... Dude, Disneyland is closed, okay? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that tells you something. Like, Nobody's it, making money. Nobody's ordering booze. That's right. So Tandawai, I mean, it's a combination of that and then the strict regulations that they put in the Philippines for quarantine. So they haven't been distilling since the beginning of March. And because they haven't been selling their product, they had to put me on hold. And so I completely understand course, that. But they've been a very good sponsor to me. And the thing is that as much as... You know, their spirit is, I've always called their spirit a really good workhorse rum. Mm -hmm. You know, versatile. Versatile. What does that mean? You know, what that means is that, you know, you can use it in almost any rum drink and have a halfway decent cocktail. It's good. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, it's, 
not everything is not everything has to be has to be no yeah. disrespect I love you guys but not everything has to be real McCoy you know like uh, uh, those and those guys are my and friends I love real I love, McCoy uh, those are real my McCoy boys is great yeah, yeah real, and Nathan's awesome right yeah and uh, and so totally no disrespect to them right at not all. at all at all but there's but, but there's, there's a place for that right That's I right. mean we can't eat lobster and steak every day exactly. you know sometimes sometimes I want a carne asada burrito and you know what I actually have a lot of respect for that person who could take that carne asada and turn it into something into amazing something special right, right? Like, I mean wow, like you made it with that wow yeah, oh my lipstick god lipstick on a pig it's you still know? I mean like look it's it's still a carne asada burrito that's right right that's right so uh, but in the end like you know if we all have elevated spirits in our bars then there's no such thing as an elevated spirit. They're That's all exactly the same. right. And we don't appreciate them the They're same all the way. Same. And if we're constantly turning our nose up at something just because it's not, you know, a certain level, then then you might actually be missing out on an experience that you didn't even know was there. So yeah. that's my thought about that. And, you know, if I sound defensive, it's because I am a little bit, uh, you know, <laughs> and the truth is, Look, they're not even a sponsor of my podcast anymore, and I'm still going to stand up for them. They, so. God bless them. For, I still believe for, in that for, for showing you love, man, and showing love to the industry and the creativity. You know, not everybody is. Uh, a lot of people like to support, but that kind of support is rare. You know. Well, you know, it's all appreciated. And here's so. the thing: what I do here, and you're you're going to start learning this with Adventures with Alchemy, right? Is anybody that supports you, man? Is it's dude? It's such. A compliment to what you do. Oh, yeah. That you just want to elevate them. Absolutely. Right? And to get any kind of sponsorship or backing is really, really hard with what we do. Absolutely. Right? I have had to write a lot of emails these last yeah, few yeah, weeks. Yeah. A lot of emails. Oh, yeah. For every dozen or more, two dozen, uh, I might get a One small nibble. Yeah. Right? Um, and so, you know. It's it's easy for somebody on the outside to not see that and say, Ugh, why are you with them? Why are you? Uh, blah, 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 blah. You should be with Plantation or you should be with blah, blah, blah. We'll call Plantation. Well, how, about you, how about you call them and you see what they say? Yeah, absolutely. Because maybe it never crossed your mind that I already did. Yeah. You know? I've contacted everybody. I've contacted everybody. Right. I, dude, I've talked all the way up to the owner. Right. Of, of La Maison, you know? Like, oh, that's pretty cool. So it's my, my son, Ferran. Right. And uh, it's it's not as easy as people oh, think. Oh, that's same. I'm yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. I'm I shouldn't running. have this sponsor. I should have right. blah, blah, blah. I'll, I'll just call them and tell them. Right, know? right. So um, I am happy and grateful for any and every sponsor that I get. Every single right. one. I don't care if it's Every one. like, every share. Every, exactly. Everything. Exactly. Everything. 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 Every little tiny bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you come into the bar to just say hello, I remember you. Dude, that right. means so much. Right. Like, I love I, it. I get it. Like, I love it. It's like... Uh, Bro, I, you know, you said something to me when we did the OCUSBG meeting. I don't, it was... The, the Halloween party. The Halloween party. Yeah. I walked in... And you guys were prepping for cocktails, right. squeezing limes and doing everything that you guys need to do. Yeah. We had to make and our own order shot and everything. That was fun. I walked in and I don't know if somebody alerted you that I was there, but I remember you turned around, looked up and you said, oh shit, bro, that's family. Yeah, absolutely. I remember that. Oh, you are family. I remember that. Yeah. No, I just want you to know that those uh, are things, you. those little things, you know. So when you have somebody who does a like or does a share or does... Dude, it means so much. Yeah. When somebody just I'll post on my group page and then they'll share it. That means so much because you know what? For all the hundreds, and we see the people who view it. Right. For all the hundreds, 
that person decided to sh- put it on their, they shared it. They yeah. put it on their wall. Yeah. Right? So we appreciate that. Absolutely. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All the support in the world. Not only do I appreciate it, but my wife appreciates it. My kids appreciate it. All of that because it's, I represent them, you know, and, and, and. Sure. Adrian, you represent your family, you know, sure, and, yeah, yeah. and we represent, you know, part of a, a small piece of the tiki subculture. So yeah, we're we happy to we to hopefully keep that energy alive amongst the, you know, the Ohana because that's how it should be. <laughs> right, right, right. I love it. I love it. So I got a bunch of questions for Ask you. Away, fire I've away. got like Trader Sam's questions. Oh, start making another drink in the meantime. Oh, dude. So then I got to down this one. Oh no, no <laughs> pressure, no pressure. I still don't even know what I'm going to make yet. Let me know what you need. I have more. I don't put my good stuff out. And let me tell you why. I already know what I'm like. It was years ago. When I first built this room, I had a big uh, grand opening, housewarming, whatever kind of party. It was 10 years ago. So for those that weren't invited, I probably didn't know you back then, so I apologize. But the next time I have a party, which I haven't had in years because I hate the prep and the cleanup. That's a lot, dude. <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame you. Um, I will let you know. But anyway, I had a big party. I put all of my age spirits on the shelves because when people take a picture of the shelf, you want to have all your good stuff out. Of course, especially right? when all your friends are bartenders and tiki people. Yeah, they're all going to look at what's on the shelf. <laughs> that's exactly right? what they, they all. That's the first thing Immediately. they do. Immediately. And we have this party. I had 140 people. There were more people at this party than there were at my wedding. Here? Here. Oh, my God. Here. But they were all spread out throughout the house, and they all didn't come at the same time. They they all came in shifts. Some came during the, the day. Some came during the evening. Uh, but anyway, I had 140 people. We went through tons of booze, tons of booze. And at the time, I had roving bartenders. Oh, I shouldn't say roving. What's the word I'm looking for? I had them in shifts. So I had a Don the Beachcomber bartender for an hour and a half, and then oh, I had a Trader Vicks nice. bartender for an hour and a half. And then I had a Tiki Tea bartender for an hour and a half, a Tonga Hut bartender for Look an hour and a you. half. So I had them in shifts. Dude, right? people paid good money for that show. And nobody paid because it was a party. No, I know, but you know what right, I mean? Right, like, I, I get if it. that was all it. happening like at a professional bar, I'd buy a ticket to that right, one. Right, right. Yeah. At the end of the party, we clean up. The next morning, I'm gathering all the empties and putting them up on the counter. Okay. And wouldn't you know it, all my age spirits were empty. No. All of them. I had probably Bastards. a dozen bottles of age spirits, all empty. And so I thought, none of my age stuff's going up on the shelf anymore. <laughs> and I haven't had a party in years, but I still am too nervous to put them out because I don't want them to just get dumped into a into a cocktail shaker with orange juice and pineapple juice and That's basically you know bro. be uh, uh, desecrated. And so I do have a a bunch of good spirits that are not out so if there's something that you need let me know and I may have it in a hidden place uh, no so <laughs> you have everything I need I'm just looking for orja oh it's in the refrigerator so let me go get it oh you got it cool alright gonna make something special alright uh, I think I will take you up on the fan thing now okay so what you wanna do okay What you want to do is tip it down from the part, the side that's closest to the wall. Tip it down. Uh, I tip it the other way. Oh. All the way, all the way, all the way. So that you can reach the back and turn the knob. So there's a knob there. There you go. And then you can adjust it to how you need to. That's clever. Oh, that's good. 
So for all of our listeners, I apologize if you hear the fan. That's oh, yeah. to keep our bartender comfortable because he is making our drinks. Sweet. Simple hands. Good. I mean, small hands. Good small stuff. hands. So give it a good shake. Yeah, some of this the other day. Oh, it's good, man. I, I um. It's very nice. It's very nice. Very aromatic. Very uh, floral. I had. Uh, oh yeah. I'll, we we're talking I'll, about this earlier. I'll, I'll put it in a little shot glass and uh, and I'll take like a little sip of it. It's so good. Oh, you like drinking it by its, by itself, huh? Well, just to, just to get that taste, you know. Come on, baby. Yeah, I was. Uh, it's fused itself I'm, shut. <laughs> it's all real. I was making uh, making orange out for the show right now, and last night I was. I was playing around with orange blossom water, and man, that stuff is like perfume. Like, it'll just, you open up the bottle and the whole room will just smell like orange blossom. Dude, I love it. It's great. So, I got a quick Orja story. My son is 20 now. He'll be 21 in a couple months. And he was, I don't know, like 13 one time. When he turned 13, he had his friends over here, and they did a bunch of mocktails. Nice. And he was back here looking for something. And I said, what do you need? And he said, do you have Orja? Uh, and I said, Orja. I, I said, I don't <laughs> think I do. And he's like, how about almond syrup? And then I looked at him and I said, how do you know this? Like, how do you know yeah. that Orja is made with what, almonds? Or, yeah, who right? taught you that? Girl, right? Who them. taught you this shit? Right? right. Good for them. <laughs> Which is funny. I can you use, use this? bourbon? Yeah, you can cool. use whatever you want. I have more bourbon if you want a different kind. No, Buffalo Trace. Buffalo is Trace is good, though. Yeah. It, Buffalo Trace is an example of a good workhorse bourbon to me. Exactly. No need to, I don't say waste. I don't, no need to use the good stuff always in I've a got, cocktail. I've got good stuff. I've got, some, I've got lots of good stuff. You know? Though, oh, so. yes, you do. Yes, you do. Uh, it's kind of hidden in the back. Um, For those of you who have never been shelf. here, this man has one of the coolest bars I have ever seen in my entire life. Oh, thank you. It is literally, I, I can't stop looking around. And, and it's like, we're, you know, like Trader Sam's. Like you could just, your eyes are glued to the wall well, everywhere you look. not quite as elaborate as Trader Sam's. So there yeah. is an animatronics. But I mean, you have an impressive collection of mugs thank, thank and, and decorations and puffer fish. Appreciate it's it. It's amazing. I'll have to... Uh, I'll show you around afterwards. The, the collection that you see here is only one third of my collection. Jeez. Um, and if you need more ice, I can refill this. Sweet, 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 sweet. Yeah, we're gonna have one of my favorite drinks. It's gonna be slightly different than normal, but who cares? Still good. So I use plastic scoopers because the steel ones freeze. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Makes but sense. you guys use the steel ones because you make enough drinks that it'll never freeze. You go through so much. We actually run out of ice. Sometimes. Oh, do you really? Yeah. We, at crushed ice particularly, we've actually run out of crushed ice before. It's like a regular thing during the summer. We just cannot produce enough crushed ice. So what happens when we run out of ice? Um, we either tell people we don't have any more crushed ice, so certain drinks are not going to be the same or not available. And you can't people, go to another bar and grab it, like go over to the hotel? Or? We have like one crushed ice machine, and when that thing is done, it's done. Oh. Usually, it la throughout the rest of the year, it works fine, but during the summer when it's hot, we kill that thing. Yeah, yeah. We kill it. Now, what I have done in the past, which used to drive other bartenders crazy, was I would take I would take some of the ice and blend it <laughs> in the blender so oh, I have crushed ice. There you go. Um, and now what I do is I just carry my Lewis bag on me. So if it happens, oh, I just you take do? my do Lewis you really? bag. Yeah. <laughs> go in the back where nobody's looking. Just do pop, you find pop, 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 that the ice is better that way? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Putting it in the blender, you, you you water it down. You start it starts to melt too quick. 
Um, and putting it in a Lewis bag, especially if it's decent ice, you get it like this. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Gotcha. All right, so I got another question for you. Ask away. You do that fancy little dance with your shaker. <clears throat> What's the pattern? Is there a figure eight? They say you're supposed to do a figure eight. That's one way. Um, the Japanese have their own style. Um, there is many different styles. I, I usually use one or two, maybe three. So there's one where I take my hand and I cup it, and I go, I go one, two, three. So I go up, down, middle. And what it does is I'm listening for that, almost like I would yeah, say the ocean, to. like hitting back and back forth. Back and forth. Right? So That's boom, what the figure boom, eight boom, does. Boom, 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 right. Yeah. Um, and then there's another one that I do where um, it's like going forward like this. Now, the reason why I change it up is to save my energy on my wrist. Because if I do it one way for too long, my wrist will kill me. So what I have to do is you have to change up your shaking style once every six weeks or so um, so that you can save your wrist, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. especially working where I work. It's, it's, you have to be mindful of those things, you know. Yeah. I, tell, I, tell, I, I tell the young ones, <laughs> you know, sleep well, take care of your body. You know, I understand you're going to make money, you're going to have fun, you're going to want to go to Disneyland and all that. I get it. But take care of your body. Sleep well. Treat every day like it's a Friday because it is at Trader's. <laughs> right, right, right. You know? So I got another question for you. I, maybe this is more of a comment. Right. All right. I do love that you are making cocktails. I assume that this is not a Trader Sam's cocktail. Um, this is one of the drinks that are on the off menu of Trader Sam's. This is a Trinidad Sour. Trinidad Sour, okay. Yeah, yeah. I actually learned this drink from Kelly, who learned it from Giuseppe Gonzalez. And um, when I learned about this drink, I fell in love with it. And I actually contacted Giuseppe and asked him if we were making the drink right. And yeah, sure enough, he was very happy with the way we were making the cocktail. So it is, uh, it's, it's, again, I love this drink. I push it on everybody because I love it so much. Because I know I know who's gonna like this and who isn't. Like, okay. so if someone says I like whiskey, I like old fashions, but I want to try something different, I give them this. Forget about yeah, it. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? It's the same way I reacted the first yeah. time I had it. I was just like, oh, Yeah, where have you been all, all my right. life? I don't think I've had this. It's one made with lemon juice normally. I'd use lime because I didn't bring lemon today. I have lemons. Do you? I have, dude. Eh. So my sister has a lemon tree. She brings me bags of lemons. And they rot in my fridge because no. I, I get so many lemons, I just oh. can't consume them all. Oh, I, I go through lemons too fast. I juice them. I simmer them. After I get all the juice, I simmer it for about two minutes. You simmer it? Yeah, to uh, to just kill off any germs that might be in there. Oh. Um, it's this form of pasteurization. Um, so simmer it, and then I bottle it up. Now, I learned a new trick the other day. That is going to be on the Adventures with Alchemy Patreon, by the way. Yeah, selfless plug. Um, tips, tricks, hacks, things like that. One of the things I'm going to be showing is a new trick that I just learned is how to clarify citrus juice. Oh, really? I learned how to clarify lime. And now I know how to clarify cocktails like a, like a milk punch. I've does done it, that does before. Does it take away from... No. Really? Not at all. It just takes away the yellow pigment. Now, really? Yes. Now, remember what I was telling you earlier about the blue flower with the pH levels changing? Yeah, yeah. So I was telling him earlier about another little trick that I will be doing on the Patreon is that I discovered... I didn't discover anything. I learned about a flower that exists in Southeast Asia. It's called the blue pea flower. You and discovered it for yourself. I, yeah, I learned about it just recently. Um, it looks like a big blue vagina. 
It's be- <laughs> It's a beautiful flower. I think it's called Clitoria tetaria. That's the exact Shut up. scientific name. I shit you not. That is the name. Um, so this, it's also known as the butterfly flower. So you, you, it, you take this flower, you steep it like a tea because it's drank as a tea. It's very good for your sight. It's very good for your brain. <laughs> I'm just thinking. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm thinking I'm because things. I'm thinking, so if you get buzzed from it, is that, do you get a butterfly effect? Yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. So the cool thing about this is that it leaves a really bright blue pigment when you, when you steep it. Yeah. And when you add citrus juice to it, it changes the color. It changes it to like a like a purplish magenta. It's amazing, and, and it's because the citrus changes the pH levels, and there's a reaction. Yeah. So what I was thinking was, I'll clarify some lime juice or some lemon juice, and then create this cocktail that's bright blue, and then right in front of your eyes, I'll pour this clear liquid in and watch it as it changes color in front of you. Wow. So that's going to be with Adventures with Alchemy. So that that brings me to Adventures with Alchemy. What what prompted that what got you started on that um so many months ago before this whole pandemic started uh i was and i've been told in the past people have just said hey you should start a youtube channel teach teach the family teach people you know um it'd be fun and i've always just kind of smiled and nodded and yeah okay whatever you know um between the kids and work i never really gave it much attention um i just saw it as a compliment and then, you know, as we've been in this pandemic, I, I've been practicing, trying to keep my skills sharp. You know, I started by, you know, working on making spirits at home. And then uh, I, I moved into just kind of studying knowledge, reading, getting into books. And then eventually the, the help from everybody, the, the, the support from everyone that... For, so I was making this project and people were supporting me through yeah, donations. Yeah. And those donations gave me the idea. I'm like, hey, you know, why not? Everybody's been saying you should start a YouTube channel. Why not? Let's let's give this a shot. Let's see what happens. So I thought about it. I talked it over with the family. I talked it over with the wife. Everybody agreed it would be a great idea. The wife and I decided to put our talents together and work hard. And yeah, so now we have this channel where we're, we're teaching hacks and and uh, culinary, we're doing food and cocktails and, and trying to be fun at the same time. Real short videos, 10 minute videos, right to the point. Keep it light, keep it funny. Um, and at the same time, learn a little bit while you're at it, you know? And it, it also gives you a chance to, to hang out with the skippers and people that you've missed. We're gonna have some guests coming on over the next few months. Can I be on? I wanna be on. I would love to have you on. I wanna do it. It'd be amazing. All right, It'd be so- amazing. I'd love to. I'd love to be on there. I don't know what I'll make for you guys, but I'll figure that out. I'll I'll use one of my cheats. Hacks. A, can you make a dish? Could you teach us something? Maybe your oh, family dish that. or something. We would love okay, that. Okay, so yeah, so I'm glad that you said that because I'm the cook of the house. Dude, and I, I cook. Have you ever had Filipino food? I cook a lot of little Filipino bit. food. No, I, I don't know. So, but we would love to have that. I'd learn. I'll make some Filipino food for you. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, one of the things that I've been wanting to do for my channel is. A food and cocktail pairing. Man, I'll and make so the maybe cocktail. We you could make do the something food like and that. We'll, yeah, we'll let's, let's let's do that. Yeah. So, so you heard uh, it here first. There you go. So, happen. Adventures with Alchemy. What I love about your channel is it's coming from a place of experience. And so, no diss to my friends that have channels where they make cocktails and that kind of stuff. I enjoy those as well, but it's different when it comes from somebody that actually they work in a tiki bar. And they deal with customers all the time. You know, there was a time when I did a little guest bartending thing at the Tiki Tea. Oh, wow. What a cool place to do a guest bartending. And it was fun. I did blood punches. 
Nice. And it was fun until it started to get really busy and I started to freak out because it was like... The pressure uh, test. Was, the pressure I, test. I thought, okay, uh, I'm done, Mike. Is it cool if I just <laughs> go back to my bar stool? And he's like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I got this. Yeah. So it's, it's all good. It's a different thing, you know, but... um. I enjoy Adventures with Alchemy, and I look forward to seeing, you know, the thing is that with this particular genre that you are exploring and, and doing for us, sky's the limit. Oh, yeah. There's so much you can do. That's why it's called Adventures with Alchemy, because it's a combination. Alchemy is creating. It doesn't necessarily have to be cocktails. It doesn't have to be food. It could be anything. It could be a book. It could be a podcast. It could be you're creating something. Now, we think alchemy, we think potions. We think, you know, we think, we think libations, things of that nature. But if you look up the word alchemy, it just says creation. So you could do drinks, you could do food, um, a couple of little things that people don't know, little Easter eggs. Uh, I'll, I'll, so for those of you that are listening, you're going to know about them before anybody else. But the symbol of Adventures with Alchemy, our logo, is, is three different alchemaic symbols that have been placed together to look like a martini glass. Oh, there you go. And they're the symbols for fire, earth, and, and unity. Oh. Um, the other the other thing is in the background of the show, you will always see a different tiki mug representing a different tiki bar each different episode. Oh, very nice. There's always little things like that. I'll, you're going to see little Trader Sam's. I have I have uh, Brian Reckenmacher, also known as B-Rex. He's going to be sending me a, a cool little Easter egg to, of, 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 of his own making because I love the man's art. We're going to place that in there. And, yeah, little little things like little nods to all the talent that's out there because I love all you guys. You know, you guys are all family. Oh. I'm gonna have to send something home with you then. Oh, absolutely. I'd be Bro, I just tasted this. This is amazing. Right? Yeah. I love this drink. It's just so much flavor. Wow. People don't understand, like, Angostura bitters is just full of wonderful things. And the way you didn't to really put get a, it. Uh, so there's no spice in this. It's a full ounce of bitters. Oh, it's just it's the bitters. A yeah. full ounce. A full ounce of Angostura bitters. Wow. Yeah. And you open it up with a full ounce of citrus juice and a full ounce of. Uh, orgeat, and then usually you want to use a high proof rye, but in this case, a little buffalo trace is not, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, nothing wrong with that at all. Wow, okay, so I have a comment as somebody who hasn't drank since March. I'm actually, I think I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> you're doing great. I, I don't drink I, last week, I had more banana daiquiris than I care to say, but this, uh, this is the first like so I enjoyed that. Though. So, here, here's the deal my wife is allergic to alcohol. So for all the people that are out there that see me in bars drinking alone, that's why. And for all the ladies, I'm sorry, I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, my wife is allergic to alcohol. And, you know, early on, it was one of these things where she would go to the bars with me because I asked her to. Right. You want to be known as, Well, know, she was my She was my wife. She's your and, partner. And she would come and she would support me. And she would sit in the corner and not drink while I got drunk with my friends and she would patiently wait until I was done getting drunk with my friends and drive me home. And I one day just realized how selfish of me to make her come when she can't drink. And so she said, hey, you know, like I said, you don't have to go if you don't want to go. And she's like, yeah, you know, like I'm just going to sit in the corner anyway. You go ahead and go. So she lets me go, and which is great. She lets me go and have fun with my friends. That's a good one. Really as long cool as I don't drink and drive. You're not doing anything? And I've, I've spent many nights. Some give the, and take. In the backseat of my car, in the parking lot of the Better TV than driving. Tea, right? Woken up at 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning and driven home. And um, so your banana daiquiri 
episode was very poignant for me because you had a virgin. And that's what I plan to do in there. the future. That's something that's friendly for everyone. And I thought, that's awesome. So I bought a bushel of bananas. Beautiful. Because of that. And both of you win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Together. Yeah, yeah. And so and she loves the banana thing. Good. So there was the banana. The, so there's the bananas foster. There was the banana. Okay, so the buzz is hitting me now, by the way. <laughs> that's all good. And so. The virgin banana daiquiri and the regular banana daiquiri. I, that's, that's right. right. That's right. And so, I have some other so, recipes I can give you for your wife that she would love. Oh, I'd love that. Oh, man. I'd love that. She'll love it. So. When we have parties, you know, we do like family stuff, right? We'll have Christmas and Thanksgiving and right. maybe maybe we'll have a birthday or Mother's Day or whatever. I'll make her a virgin drink. Mm. And she enjoys drinking with us as much as somebody who has something with rum in it Dude, or something with virgin, gin in it. Make her a virgin lime uh, coconut daiquiri. There you go. Do a little lime juice, coconut cream, a little simple. That's all you need. Oh, I don't even know the recipe to that. I'll so, send it to you. Okay. I get yeah, it to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I top it off with a little Luxardo cherry syrup. So you get oh, this yeah. white with that drizzle of black going down it. Yeah. And it's like yeah. a sour cherry coconut. I call it a cherry chabang. Oh, cherry very coconut nice. Yeah. So I'd love the recipe to those. Oh, so. yeah, I'd be happy to. Yeah, so speaking of Luxardo cherries, I don't remember where I was. I was with my kids. My son ordered a drink, and he got something with Luxardo cherries. Ooh. And... He wouldn't eat them, and I, he's like, "No, nah, I'm not gonna eat those." Oh, and I'm like, best. "Dude, I'm like, dude, those are like a dollar a piece." <laughs> dollar cherries. Uh, you can't leave those. Yeah. Those are expensive. This jar is twenty bucks. Yeah. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, right. I'm like, dude, you can't leave yeah. those. If you're not gonna eat those, I'm yeah, gonna eat those. That's right. And I'm not just gonna down them. I'm going to savor them. That's right. Yeah. So you don't realize how good and expensive those cherries are. At Trader Sands, we get them by like the bucket. Ooh, see, I, the so, Luxardo loves Disney. <laughs> they love Trader Sands. So we, at that point, you must take them for granted. You must think that uh, they're just like. Well, I think we do. I think a lot. We take a lot of things for granted. At Trader Sam's. Uh, we're really spoiled. We are really spoiled. We we work for a company that not only gives us a lot of freedom, more yeah, yeah. freedom than most corporate places, yeah. especially being Disney. They give us a lot of credit, and I give a lot of credit to uh, again people like Kelly, people like Robert, who's uh, uh, who's our manager, uh, because they've done a great job in setting a tone. And creating the relationships and doing the political parts that they needed to do in order for this to happen. So we have the right, we have the right, um, we have the right type of leadership. We have the right type of passion and talent in the bar, and then we have the company that supports us fully. So with that in mind, we also get ingredients that most places don't get because don't get, yeah. we're able to. We're able to order buckets of Luxardos. We're able to order, you know, uh, all the... We order cases of Angostura bitters. Yeah. Cases. You know, not not just two or three bottles. By the case. That's you awesome. You know, like, so it's um, it's a whole different ballgame, you yeah. know, when you have unlimited yeah. resources like that. And that's, again, one of the things that I wanted to do when I was back in Fresno is work for a place that... It, I wanted to work for Disney when I was back at Samba. I was like, I want to go work for Disney. But at the time, I was thinking more like a chef. I was like, I want to be a chef. So when I finished, what happened was... Going back to the Le Cordon Bleu thing, um, at the end of my study, I had to do an internship in order to finish, to graduate. It had to be a six-month-long internship. And so I, I, had, I had a few choices. At the time, I was freshly married, and um, I was thinking family after I was done with school. So my choices were sandals, um, the Bouchon over at uh, Venetian, or Disney. And so I came home, decided to go to Disney. My family, my, my wife, my apartment, everything was already in Pasadena. So I came home, knocked on Disney's door. Disneyland said, well, the position you want, uh, no, 
Yeah. Because you know, I only had maybe three three years of experience yeah, yeah, cooking, and yeah. the position that I wanted, like I was saying, hey, I want to work on the front line in Napa Rose, and they were like, yeah, Rose, yeah no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get it, I get it, you know. Um, we weren't talking the corn dog stand, over right? On Main Street, right. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I just came back from the college program, and I want to work in your best restaurant on the front line. They were like. Yeah. No, That's sorry. okay. You tried. I tried, and at the time, I was like, eh, "All right, well then." I started working at um, at uh, the SLS Hotel in in Beverly Hills while I was waiting, and I just kept bugging Disney, bugging Disney, because I, I, as much as Beverly so you Hills, pursued it. Oh yeah, I kept cooking. I just kept cooking um, while I waited, and uh, eventually Disney called me back and said, "Well, we don't have a cooking position for you, but we see that you have all this bartending experience. Why don't you go try this new tiki bar we have called Trader Sam's? Trader Sam's wasn't even a year old yet." Um, so I went. I didn't know what Trader Sam's was. I didn't yeah, know what I Tiki remember. was. I remember. So I was going in there when it was new, and you yeah. weren't there yet. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. I was the first new guy hired to the original staff. Okay. On the All right. anniversary. All right. All right. On the anniversary, the first anniversary. So the I get there. Trader Sam's is probably about eight months old, nine months. No, no, no. I'm sorry. About about eleven months old at this time. And uh, I go in to have dinner and have a drink. I sit at the bar with my wife. And again, I don't know anything about Tiki. I don't know anything about Trader Sam's. And all I see is ships sinking and things exploding right. and people going crazy. This fully immersive experience. And, and, I'm, and, yeah. I, and I, for, like half of me is intrigued, and the other half of me is like, like, is this is this like a joke? Like, what is this? Like, yeah, are, yeah, are these guys yeah. real bartenders, or is this just kind of a you know a gig a gimmick? Right, right. And I still wasn't sure until I stepped into the bar to work. I got hired as a bartender. I stepped into the bar the first day, kind of worried that I was stepping into. A, you know? Yeah, you know? yeah, I get it. And then I met Kelly and I met the bar, you know, and, and his vision and the vision for what he wanted to do. And at the time, it was like Kelly and two other people and the rest of the staff was all from the from the um, the Lost Bar, you know? Right. So they were all these experienced bartenders. And I'd, I'd been to the Lost Bar. Right, right. Yeah. It was a staple for a while the uh, at the Disneyland Hotel. And the original staff that was there was kind of, a, you know, they were a full generation before us. They had a different way of thinking. They had a different way of doing things. Yeah. And here comes me excited and Kelly excited. And, and little by little, the older generation moves out, new generation moves in. And now we have this full staff of yeah. crazy yeah. artistic people, yeah. you know, all moving in the same direction. And that's when Trader Sam started winning awards and getting attention. And, yeah. You know, so yeah. it's been a fun ride, man. Eight years now. and. Yeah, um, yeah, it's crazy where the world takes you. It puts you where you need to be when you need to be there. I believe that. You know, I totally believe that. So, do you have a favorite drink there that you like to make? Yeah, all of them. <laughs> oh, all of them. All right. So, I was curious about that because typically, my favorite drink is the mai tai and the zombie. But that's a favorite that. drink for yourself. No, that's a favorite drink. What's to a make. favorite drink? So that that's a favorite drink that you like to make for yourself. What's a favorite drink you like to make for a customer? The mai tai. It is the Mai Tai also. Yeah. So it's not something that... that drink, favorite drink for myself is the old-fashioned. Favorite drink for a customer is the Mai Tai. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. All right. I love to make... Because uh, it's a tiki bar. And um, usually if I'm making a Mai Tai for you, and when I think guest or customer, I think of someone who's never been there before, a newbie. Yeah. So I'm, that means I'm introducing them to the world of tiki, introducing them to the world of Trader Sam's. The best way to do that is to give them a drink that is... That is going to be, well, usually when I get a newbie, they're saying, they're, they're always thinking that our place is going to be full of sweet cocktails because everything looks so sweet and bright. So they're going to, something not too sweet is usually the first thing I hear. So a Mai Tai is a beautifully balanced cocktail that is if not. It's made just, right. Exactly. Good answer. Um, that is just beautifully balanced. Uh, the one that we serve at Trader Sam's, the Hippopotamai Tai, is fantastic. So I give them that. 
Usually they like it. It's a great starting point. From there, you can go sweet, you can go sour, you can go bitter, and your palate is not going to be shocked by that. If you start with like a piranha pool or a, or a pina colada, and then you move on to something like this, your palate is going to freak out right. because you're going from super sweet to super bitter, and you're going to be like, oh, I don't like this. So with the, the idea- I love this drink, right? This is fucking great. You don't just jump in a car and go 200 miles an hour. You're not right. going to enjoy that. Right, you well, the yeah. car and you start going, and then you get up to 200 miles an hour. And uh, you, and I'm, and I'm a guy who sits in a lot of bars. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> right. So, this is, this is right on my radar. Like, this is balanced. This is delicious. It. It's flavorful. Perfect. It's perfect. Gives you a buzz as you drink it. I mean, it's just all the great things. This is exactly what I look for in a cocktail when I'm out. Right. You know, and you know what a lot of people don't re- forget? Well, I wouldn't say they don't know, they just forget is that Angostura bitters is like 48% alcohol. It's oh, I didn't high know proof. that. Yeah. You know, bitters are high-proof booze, sometimes you, higher you, than that. Do you ever cook with Angostura bitters? Uh, I don't cook with Angostura bitters, but I have used different types of bitters for marinades. Okay. And, and uh, de- they have denaturing. Cookbooks. They have oh, cookbooks yeah. For, for... Yeah, yeah. Like at home, I've made bitters, like lemon bitters, zest bitters, and usually I make something that, like a... I know you can't see it, people, but I have a mason jar in my hand. So if you make a mason jar full of bitters, you only need... You know, a yeah, dropper. That's why they're in droppers. You take a little bit, you take the rest and you pour it into a into some lamb and you marinate that lamb with some citrus bitters and some rosemary. Boom, dude. Forget about it. So this Trinidad sour that we're drinking, is this a recipe I can find online? Yeah. So let's talk about this because I brought in some orja. I honestly like I don't think I taste the orja, but it's it's what's balancing out. I know, I know that's what is balancing flavors. it out because because with an ounce of Angostura bitters, it's going to be a lot different without that orja in there. Oh yeah, and, and I suppose that orja is more of a subtle thing to balancing it out. That's right, that's right. It's to marry all the ingredients together. Yeah, yeah. subtly yeah. without because if you if you don't have that, then the the extreme of the bitters and the citrus again is going to just pound your palate oh. so much that you won't even taste anything else. You know, this way it opens everything up and everything, you taste everything. So this is good. I this love this really, cocktail. really, really good. All right, so I am going to shout out Kelly for teaching you how to make this drink. We're uh, showing you this pop, one. Pop, pop, big brother. So Kelly, if I remember correctly, the last time I ordered this, I don't remember it being served in, am I correct if, was it served in a stem? No, we served it in, in, like the, in the rocks okay. glass. Some All people right. serve it in, sometimes we serve it in a um, The reason why a, I hesitated is because it is, it's got ice in it. And I know that typically things that are served in a coupe or Straight a martini up. glass or anything like that, anything with a stem does not have ice in so it. So we have another drink called the Daywalker, which is the same thing as this, but it has pineapple juice in it. Okay. And it's served, in a, it's served straight up. So okay. you probably had a Daywalker before. Another one of my favorite. It might cocktails. be. Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. I miss work, you guys. Can't you I tell? <laughs> so here's the thing. I am not, I'll say it again, I've never worked in a bar before, but I, I think I know a little bit about cocktails. And yet the man has one of the coolest bars A little bit, but, but, and I'll also say that I am not somebody that is as versed in rum as some of the people that I know. I know a little bit about rum. I know a little bit about craft cocktails. Isn't he humble, guys? 
The man is inside like four different tiki books, including <laughs> Smuggler's Cove. He knows everybody in the industry. He's it's like, oh. say that. he's just sitting here telling me the things that he doesn't do and can't do. Thank, thank I you. I know how cool you are, Adrian. Thank, thank right? you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. But but I'll, I'll say this. I mean, it's like I, a hot girl telling you she's not pretty. Uh, no, no, I don't look very good. Shut very up. Very nice of you to say. Thank You're you. Hot, you know. Thank it. you. But you know, like I do live by the credo that I don't need to know. you feed your every heart. little bit about rum to enjoy it. That's right. You know, I mean, like I don't need to know. How how to make the rum is like wine it's like yeah yeah there's so many vari- varieties and styles yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. impossible i mean you would have to spend the rest of your life studying this stuff to i don't even know if ed hamilton knows everything about rum and the man makes and sells rum you know I, mean? I will go to a five-star restaurant and enjoy a five-star dish without knowing how to make it or the intricacies right. of what goes into making it and you shouldn't and I don't have to don't to, have to to enjoy it. Absolutely you not. Know, and it's the same thing about rum. I mean, like the, I, I know a little bit. I mean, I know enough to like be a little educated so I can go to a bar. And and the thing is, we were talking about palate earlier. About when you make a cocktail, you you you, you develop your palate. You know, I I, ha- I I like to think that I have a palate that's refined enough to know the difference between a crafted cocktail and a piece of shit. But that's right. That's right. I, and I seek out the crafted stuff because those are the bars that I sit in, obviously. But at the same time, there's always a place for something that doesn't have to be crafted. Not at all. And I don't feel like I need to know how to make something that's crafted to enjoy it. You know, I mean, absolutely. Although I try. Now, Worthy, what's the definition of a craft cocktail, though? Really? Well, when you think of a craft cocktail, what do you think in your mind? I think of something that is more than a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Okay. I, I'll see people that will make a drink and they'll say, so you'll want a half ounce. Eh, you know what? Let's make it three-quarter ounce of blah, blah, blah. They'll, they'll toss it in there. They'll, maybe they'll use a shot glass as a measuring instrument, which is not bad if you're using formulas because when I use formulas, they're all ratios, okay. right? One part this, two part this, three right. part that. And a shot glass, it doesn't matter if it's an ounce, two ounces, three ounces. The ratio is the ratio. one part, two part, three part, right? right? It's a ratio is a ratio. But when you are kind of just throwing this, throwing that, throwing this, throwing that, dropping it in a blender, hitting frappe, and then pouring it in glass and throwing a pineapple wedge, that's not crafted to me. Especially if it's pre-made. Right, especially if it's pre-made. Something that's crafted to me is something that there's a little bit of thought put into it. Either it comes from a recipe or it comes from somebody that is using their experience right. to okay. create something that is balanced. And balanced is the key word to me. So Same here. I something agree. that I drink, like this is perfectly balanced. This caparina was perfectly balanced. It wasn't too sweet. It wasn't too tart. It wasn't too boozy. It was perfectly balanced. Just enough. Yeah, yeah. So, and I seek that out, right? Right, so... Again, I sit in a lot of bars, and I don't know right off the bat, but a lot of that comes from sitting in a lot of bars. That's because right. That's right. Before, I couldn't tell the difference. Oh, yeah. You know, when I was younger, and especially in my 20s, I just wanted to get drunk. So Same here. Same right? here. We all did. I drank a lot of Red Bull vodka back in the day. You know? Hey, man, I drank a lot of kamikazes. <laughs> and when, when your palate gets refined, it's the same thing with food, right? Jesus, this is yep. too salty. This is too sweet. This is too garlicky, whatever you want right. to call it. When you get to a restaurant that makes a five-star meal and everything is perfectly balanced, when you have an appetizer that perfectly complements 
a main dish which perfect is perfectly complemented by a cocktail. It's an experience. It's an experience. It's no longer just a meal. Right. It's no longer just a drink. Right. That's right. what I seek. That's what I want to do for people. That's what that that makes me love what I do. Is because I people walk into Trader Sam's. Um, it's not just for me. It's not just making them a mai tai. It's 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 part of their experience. Everything is a part of their experience. When they come in, I I want them to leave just blown away. If it's their first time at a tiki bar, then I want them to immediately be thinking about their next trip to come back. And I want them to be thinking about how much we exceeded their expectations, you know? So when I go into Trader Sam's, you guys are, everything's closed right now, right? Yeah. And we don't know when they're going to reopen. Not a clue. So the next time I go into Trader Sam's, or what do you, you recommend for someone like me who I kind of, you know, like I said, I don't want to sound like a snob. Nah, try, out, try Jungle Bird next time. Go off okay, menu. Okay, so what do you recommend for me on the menu, Jungle Bird? On the menu? Let's and go. off the menu. So off the menu, I say try Jungle Bird or Three Dots and a Dash. Of course, okay. You know, um, the, or oh, you know what is a good one that people are, um, and just, they, she just got her own mug for it too, is the, um, it's going to be on the menu too. It is the uh, Temple of the Forbidden Rye. Temple of the and I'm rye. plugging Melissa's drink right now. Yeah, Temple of the Forbidden Rye. I've heard rye. that drink before. It is really good. Okay. Really good. So assuming there's rye in it. Yeah, there's rye whiskey. Is there there's lemon? There's there uh, allspice dram. Uh, there's uh, citrus. There's pineapple. What kind of citrus? I believe it's lemon juice. Lemon. Don't, don't lemon. kill me. It's got to be lemon. Because yeah. it's Because it's rye. It's amazing. It's amazing. So again, through, just through, got a, their own, they just made a mug for it. It's it's sold out too. Through my experience, I found that lime works, works better with rum. Mm. Lemon works better with rye, whiskey, or bourbon. You know what's interesting? If you look back through history, if you look back to like the, to the beginning of cocktails, the first thing that people add in every culture is acid, citrus. Sure, yeah. Like the first cocktail of every kind. But what have, were they using then? Uh, whatever was available. Uh, the first ones were actually punch. You know, I actually did that on the first episode. It was the the um, it was the history of the cocktail. It, uh, the first real cocktail was was punch. Was by um, by the Hindu, by the Hindus, the Hindi Indians, oh. yeah, and then the the East India Company, uh, they the sailors and merchants learned punch by traveling there, and then they took it back to the aristocrats. The aristocrats took it to the colonies. Colonies changed it to a bittered sling. Bitter sling became a old fashioned. Old fashioned became you know, or cocktail cocktail became old fashioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very One nice. affected the other. Very nice. Wow. So let's throw out your Instagram, your YouTube. All that stuff. I want to make sure that all of our listeners are following you. Yes, please follow me. Adventures with Alchemy on Facebook. Adventures with Alchemy on Instagram. Adventures with Alchemy on Patreon. And the most important, Adventures with Alchemy on YouTube. We uh, we release a new episode every Friday. There's special content on Patreon. All kinds of cool tips, tricks, hacks. Um, I love to find new things that aren't being done anywhere. And I try to incorporate them on the show. You're going to find out, for example, this weekend we're going to be doing a show on Orjot, top nine, top ten Orjots that are out there, including how to make your own. Uh, just I try to teach and we try to have a good time. And nothing too serious, very short ten-minute videos, no more than twelve. We just want to teach and have a good time and not not lose your attention after you know seven minutes. So join us, please. And then myself is just Skipper Christian all around the board. You can look for me on, on uh, Instagram or Facebook, just Skipper Christian. That's me. 
I love it. Yeah, man. I love it. Thank you so much for making cocktails for us, Christian. Thanks for having me. I love it. For all you listeners out there, please follow our friends, Adventures with Alchemy, and Scripper Christian. If you are ever in Southern California and you want to have an awesome cocktail by this man, stop into Trader Sam's. I know they're not open right now, but after this whole pandemic thing is over, come into Trader Sam's. It's at the Disneyland Hotel right by the pool, across from the pool. You'll see it. Walk over to the pool and you'll see it. That's right. Come in and ask for Skipper Christian and have him make you something something special. Whether it's from the menu or something on his own, have Seek him make out. you something. Seek me out. And I guarantee you will enjoy it. Especially if you said you've, you've heard about me on the Desert Oasis Road. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, man. That's there extra special There you go. Extra and, special And stop love. by Adventures with Alchemy. Check him out on YouTube. Check him out on Instagram. And give him a follow. And, and let's support our, our homeboy here, all right? So thank you. Thank you again, Christian. I appreciate and, you guys. And, and I appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you, man. All right. Cheers and cheers. aloha. Cheers. Aloha.